Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. NLCS goes 2-0 Nats today. A little bit of a surprise when it first came two games in St. Louis. Uh, how did we get to the National and the Cardinals? We'll discuss that with our next guest. And the ALCS that most of the country wanted to see. Sorry to you, Rays, A's. Twins fans out there who got eliminated along the way. Uh, but the Yankees and the Astros will, will seem to be the best matchup uh, on paper uh, all season long. And now it's, we, we've got the Yankees have a one nothing lead uh, against the uh, Astros in game number one. Here it gives us insights to all of the playoff action. And I got a couple of general baseball questions for you. Uh, he talks baseball and picks winners, from what I understand, on uh, VSIN. Uh, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Former Major League Earler Josh Towers joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. Josh, Jody Mack here. How are you, bud? Jody, I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good. Now, uh, Joe Curley was on with us earlier from the L.A. Ventura and County Star. He said he would absolutely be uh, just wowed to be on the same show as Ventura's own Josh Towers. <laughs> Yeah, Port Wainini zone, Ventura County zone, right? Yeah, that's awesome to hear that uh, that name, man. There's not a lot of us, but there's some of us in that area. Yeah, he, he specifically, Oxnard's boy, Josh Towers. <laughs> if I'm on the same show as him, I know I'm doing well. So Joe Curley sends his regards. He promised that I would do that for him. That's awesome. Thank you. Tell him hi if you talk to him. Done deal. Appreciate you coming on board. All right. Um, the last two nights, the Cardinals... Offense is just stone cold disappeared. I want to give do credit and justice to uh, even more so last night, Annabelle Sanchez and certainly Max Scherzer today. Uh, the Cardinals couldn't even sniff hits against the two starting pitchers for the Nationals. Were they just that good? Or for your uh, eyes, have the Cardinals been taking some bad at bats? Yeah, you know, the Cardinals offense really hasn't been there too, too much as is. A couple home runs from uh, Ozuna, I think Goldie, but that's it. There hasn't been consistency with the offense. With that said, uh, I think Sanchez has been awesome. I thought that Dave Martinez pulled him way too early. His last start after the five innings when he brought in Corbin uh, on two days rest after throwing 107 pitches, Sanchez in that game, Jody, was awesome. He'd given up just the one run. And, and, and this was a carryover effect. He he pitched again just like he should. He looks like Zach Greinke and Tanaka right now where they're keeping the ball down in the bottom of the zone. They're pitching to corners. They're bottoming out pitches. And it's just it's beautiful to see. And then the same thing happened with Scherzer. I think, you know, a lot of us pitched the next day off of excitement and, and motivation based off what your teammate does. And Max is running on adrenaline right now. And he kept the ball down just like Wainwright. And these guys have just done a really go- uh, good job of teaching us and showing us how to pitch. They're not, they're not pitching up in the zone. You saw the Brewers, you see some other people think that you can throw four seamers up over the plate, and I, I, I never understood where this came from. I don't, I don't get the whole spin rate up thing and thinking that's good, and everybody who has pitched like that, they're at home watching baseball like you and me. Understood. Now, uh, the Nationals bullpen took some 
earned grief in season. At one point, they had the highest ERA in all of baseball out of the pen. Um, I think they figured out how to not pay a price for that. Just have your starters go seven or eight innings and only give up one hit, and then you only have to lean on a guy or two in the bullpen. Daniel Hudson's been a great addition, and Doolittle seems to have found his groove again for the Nationals. Yes, and that's the recipe right there. That's how it's always been, and that's the one thing. It's like the wheel. There's no need to reinvent it. You want to have a good bullpen, you better have your starters go deep in the game. I've said this my whole life, Jody. Uh, if a starter doesn't go seven innings, I don't feel like he did his job. And that allows you to set up your bullpen any way you want. But when you're trying to pull your starters after four and five and run your bullpens for the entire game for four innings or whatnot, it, that's a recipe for disaster. You don't want that. So Houston, they pitch, they pitch deep. Uh, the Nationals pitch deep. The Cardinals do a good job of pitching deep, and it allows them. So since they made some adjustments, the Nationals, that is, to their bullpen where they struggled, uh, changes some pieces, picked up Huddy at the trade deadline, and the starters have started going deeper. It's allowed everybody to settle in roles a little bit nicer. Josh Towers from Beeson, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio, talking about the playoffs. A little bit of pressure on the starter for the Cardinals in game number three. Down to nothing, going to what will be a jacked-up stadium in our nation's capital. Why do I think Jack Flaherty's up to the task? Well, you know what? It's crazy because there's a lot of young guys pitching today, and you see them like Fulton Evans. You see him deal, and then you saw it get to him a little bit where he put a little bit too much pressure. He came out too hot, too fast, and he was just forcing pitches. And we haven't seen that from Flaherty. It just seems like the makeup of this kid is slightly different. It feels like he is like Zach Grinky, where if he has a bad day, he doesn't let him affect him. He doesn't let the, the pressure or the moment get too high. At least so far, he hasn't. Um, and so I'm with you, man. I, I feel like he's going to step in there and not try to do too much, just be himself, and it's been really cool. I think he's been the second most impre- impressive pitcher so far in the postseason. The most impre- impressive has been Garrett Cole of the Astros. We will see him again in game number three. Uh, you were part of the game. You've been watching the game, been around the game. Have you ever seen a guy on his hot a three-plus-month run as Mr. Cole is on right now? Well, remember, shoot, remember Jake Arrieta a couple of years ago, that second half of the season? Uh, it was – I never seen anything like that. And and then Flaherty, what Flaherty did the second half of the season, I think the last two months he had like under a one ERA in both months. So you got Garrett Cole doing this thing all year. And Roy Holiday might be the only other guy that comes to mind or Pedro in the late, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. But it's rare to see this. Garrett Cole is so impressive to me. And, and you know, it's, when I watch him pitch, all I see – is somebody who looks like he's in proper shape. His core looks so strong. His balance looks amazing. His body, like a lot of us fly open on pitches, so we'll miss or our balance gets a little bit shaky at some point or whatever, like when, you know, fatigue sets in or we're too many pitches, whatever the case may be. I never see anything. I never see his body move. I never see him miss his arm slot. He repeats better than anybody I've seen in a long time. No, and repeating seemed to be part of the problem when he won the other night because Tyler Glass now couldn't do it, and uh, there was no. much belief that the Astros picked up on his pitches and was tipping and knew when curves were coming, and that's how they were able to get to him uh, and score all those early runs, which was more than Garrett Cole would need. All right, I want to get an opinion of an ex-major league pitcher like yourself. I took a call today on a New York show. I did, and the caller pointed out Verlander seemed to have peaked 
in Detroit. All of a sudden, he goes to Houston. He's right back to as good a pitcher as he's ever been. Garrett Cole, solid pitcher, a lot of potential, didn't reach it all in Pittsburgh, goes to Houston, immediately reaches it. Uh, even a guy like Wade Miley, who's been a veteran, off-speed, marginal pitcher in the big leagues, go there this year, has a phenomenal year. Charlie Morton uh, had the best year that he ever had in his career. Now he's carried it over this year with Tampa, but his best year ever in Houston and helped them win a World Series. How do you explain something like that? And he asked it of me, and I just thought the way he was asking it, he was suggesting that they're cheating or finding a way to get around certain things. I gave credit to Brent Strom, their pitching coach, how big a difference can a pitching coach make? Huge. The coaches can be everything to us, and, and having the right coach. Listen, I want the ball every second of every day, and sometimes I have to be backed off. Sometimes I have to um, listen. Uh, so, you know, being a pitching coach myself, it's crazy the things that you can do to help somebody get better, even if they don't know what they're doing. So the coaching staff is enormous, and – Sometimes change of scenery is, you know, when you're somewhere too long, it's easy to get complacent. And maybe Verlander did in Detroit because he didn't look good at one point. He looked like he had faded and that was it. And then he gets a new outlook on life. I mean, I remember being in Baltimore coming up, Jody, and I was young and didn't know better, a little bit reckless. And then you get let go and you show up in Toronto and then you have a little bit more, uh, a better outlook on things because now, like, it's like, okay, you can lose your job. You're not invincible. And then I showed up in New York and I realized, oh my God, like this is a very respectful organization where there's rules and everybody is here to, to win. There was a commitment level to win in New York collectively from players that I'd never seen before in anywhere else I, I went. So sometimes scenery itself becomes a, a, a vital part of what we do. Sometimes the right coach can speak to you the right way and you have uh, the utmost confidence in him. And, and, and his trust in you, and it's a nice little mix. And then these guys bounce a lot off each other. Houston was the first one to bring in this camera, that slow-mo stuff. Um, I kind of like it. I kind of don't like it. But it definitely is a different perspective on spin and your release point and stuff. So you can take a lot from that. They were the first ones to do that. So that helped these guys as well. But what I see is is a whole bunch of guys committed to – it's not about money or fame. It's about the game. And they're bouncing it off each other. And Houston's committed to winning. And I, in, in no way, shape, or form do I see anything, Joey, that looks like uh, they're cheating. I mean, there's only so much we can do as pitchers anyways. And when you've got the game, the money and fame seems to follow with it. You can uh, yes. prioritize it that way. We're talking to Josh Towers, former major league pitcher here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Right, you gave us a real good read and uh, description of what a pitching coach can do for you. Now I got to ask you about the other guy, and that's a manager. We got eight openings in Major League Baseball. Pitchers and everyday players might have a different type relationship with the manager. Players deal with hitting coaches. Pitchers deal with pitching coaches. But everybody deals with the manager. What is the most important trait for a major league manager, in your estimation? Major league managers, managers in general, um, they have to. They have to. They don't have to teach me anything. They don't have to teach me how to fill the ground ball. They don't have to teach me how to pitch. They don't have to teach me anything. they got to put me in a position to succeed. One of the things I loved, and I'll use Joe Girardi as an example, one of the things I loved about Girardi was, and let me backtrack to Toronto. So if we have a function on a day off, now there's only like 18 days off a year. They're very important to us. So if we have a function on a day off that we have to go to a big uh, a dinner, an auction type thing, whatever it is, 
I've had teams and in Toronto that have happened where they tell you two days before the day off. Now, you might already have something planned. You want to do something with the family. Like, you're excited to have a day off. And next thing you know, they spring up on you the last second. Yo, you have this thing that we have to be to. It's mandatory. And, like, now you're mad because you now you got to change your plans. You didn't know. And you kind of lose the players for the next day. You lose them the day afterwards because they're a little bit bitter. Girardi in New York, I thought was awesome. I remember him telling us it was, like, three weeks in advance of the off day coming up that, Hey, we have something in, in three weeks that we have to attend to. And it was so far in advance that none of us got upset. None of us had time to plan anything on that day. And so we went and did it. We were okay with it. And then he didn't lose us for any days. That's one example, but that's what he has to do. They have to put us in a position to succeed. And there's many ways and that's just one of them. And I know it's underrated or overrated or whatever you want to think about that example. It's crazy important to us. Communication is always important between manager and player. That's every sport, but uh, baseball because you got twenty-five guys underneath you. You got to be able to be, be able to communicate with all of them. Who is the best manager you ever played for? Oh wow, great question. Um, probably Mike Hargrove. I thought Grover was phenomenal. I always liked Hargrove. I liked him as a player, and uh, he's a pretty good interview after the fact. So, again, yeah. if we can agree that communication is all important, I can understand where you'd say Mike Hargrove's the best you ever played for. Josh, uh, since ca- the, the Cardinals are down to zip, uh, you think they got any chance to get back into the NLDS? No, I didn't think they had a chance. Uh, I've been saying it for a long time. I thought if they won the wild card game versus the Brewers that they were going to go to the World Series. Okay. Um, and now I just I think it's going to be too much to come back with this starting staff, and I think the offense is going to loosen up a little bit. They got to get Soto hitting. I'll say this: his his swing looks really bad right now. He's getting long. He's starting to force some things. They need to shorten him up and get him back to left center. But I, I just think it's going to be too tough. Fair enough. American League Yankees are up one nothing here, middle of the game. Tanaka's been pitching real well. If they go in and steal game one, now it's only one nothing. That would be huge. But uh, Yankees got a chance to beat the Astros. They do get a chance. Uh, I think the Astros by far the best team overall in every aspect in baseball, but they do. This is a big game. Uh, I knew Zach Greinke would throw well, and Tanaka's just been awesome in the postseason. So if he can hold this up and make him steal, I think that'd be big. They definitely got a shot to beat Justin Verlander. It's going to be difficult to beat Cole. We know that. They haven't I mean, Cole and Lawson's like May or something. Um, but this game is going to be key to them beating them. Josh, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on board. You can catch him on VSIN Radio, uh, biggest stats and information network, former Major League pitcher uh, Josh Towers, our guest. Josh, thanks much. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 